0: The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. What would be a legitimate biblical appeal if you are evangelizing someone and wanting them to have the opportunity to accept the gift of eternal salvation? What are the essential elements? How can we be clear on this? Well, stay tuned. We're going to talk about it. Thank you for tuning in. To Grace in Focus, the radio broadcast and podcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society. Find out more about us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. Now with today's question and answer and discussion, here are Bob Wilkin and Leon Atkins.
1: Welcome back to Grace in Focus. Leon, I believe you have a question for us. Yes, Bob.
2: Here's a question from David. David. Dear Brother Bob, how is it that people who know the Word, including those who are recognized doctrinal teachers, claim that if one believes in Jesus as their Savior, they have eternal life? Where in the world can they find such a statement? Have you ever written on this? And to me, this is wrong than content based on believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose again equals eternal life.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I think he ended by saying something about uh, unconditional eternal security, didn't he?
2: It's an afterthought, if any at all.
1: Yeah. So basically what David is saying is there are people— who will say Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. And if you believe in him, then you're saved. Mm -hmm. And they may not mention saved everlastingly. You're saved irrevocably. They may not mention everlasting life. Mm -hmm. And in fact, their catchphrase is believing in Jesus as your savior. That's the term he's using, right? Yes. Yes. Or sometimes you've ever heard personal Savior? Your
2: personal Savior, yes. What does that mean anyway? (laughs) Yeah, you know,
1: I was at a Lord's Supper meeting with Zane Hodges one time, and that issue came up. And Zane said, because, you know, one one of the men at the meeting used that expression, and he said, where do we find that in the Bible? He was asking what David's asking. And the answer is we don't. Yes, we do find the word Savior once in John's Gospel. Once. In John 4:42, we now believe you are the Savior of the world. That's the only reference. It's not on the lips of Jesus. It's on the lips of the Samaritans. And they've come to believe that he's the Savior of the world. Now, exactly what they mean by that is not crystal clear. They, at this point, don't believe he's going to die on the cross. Uh, none of the disciples did. They would, Unless the Lord had told them, they wouldn't believe that. But what they did believe is that he's the Messiah mm-hmm. and that all who believe in him have this gift of everlasting life. John 4.10 through John 4.14, what the woman at the well heard and told them. And so probably what they're saying, he's the savior of the world. They mean something like that he saves whoever believes in him. Ah. You know what I mean? He gives them everlasting life. hmm but in any regard, there is no place where Jesus says, he who believes I'm your Savior has everlasting life, or he who believes I'm your personal Savior, nor do you find any of the apostles saying that, right? hmm right. I mean, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 doesn't say that. None of the verses that are commonly used, John three sixteen, John five twenty four. Acts 16.31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Yes. So I strongly agree with with what David's saying because, and by the way, he is a doctrinal pastor, um, I believe, in Pennsylvania. And I think his point is well taken. Much of what goes on in Christianity today is based on tradition, right?
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: So when it comes to evangelistic appeals... A lot of pastors and a lot of lay people latch on to something that's easy to remember. Forget the fact it's not found in the Bible, (laughs) (laughs) right? And easy to remember and seem simple. So they'll tell people, do you believe Jesus is your Savior? Yes. Do you believe Jesus... you know, is your personal savior. Mm-hmm. Do you believe? And what they sometimes mean by that is, do you believe he died for your sins? Yes. Do you believe he rose again for you? Mm-hmm. And if they say yes, then they'll say, okay, great. Then you're saved. They won't say anything about save forever. Um, oftentimes. And mm-hmm. even if they do, they won't say you need to believe that. Yes. And what's, you know, your own testimony we had on the last show was you weren't born again until you believed that he would never cast you out.
2: Eternal life is exactly what it
1: means. Eternal. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have Dr. Ryrie when you were at Dallas Seminary? I never had him. You never had, was no. he
2: still teaching when you were there? Yes. At? Um, I think he retired a, a year or so after I, I became a student.
1: Okay. Dr. Ryrie liked to say, if everlasting life could be lost then it's got the wrong name. <laughs> right? Eternal and, means eternal. Right. So once you have this life, okay, John 6:35, two verses before the verse the Lord used for you coming to faith, you'll never hunger, you'll never thirst. Never thirst. John 6:37, you'll never be cast out. Yes. And in verses 39 and 40, you have everlasting life, and of course, John 3.16, you'll never perish.
2: Never perish, never perish, never
1: perish. And it's, in Greek, it's an emphatic double negative. Ume means never, never, or no, no.
2: Under no circumstances.
1: Yeah. And you have the same thing in John 11.26. He who lives and believes in me shall never die. That is, never die spiritually. Yes. So I agree with uh, Pastor David that we need to be clear on both the gift and which is everlasting life, and the giver, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, that's John four, ten through fourteen. And of course you have the, the gift in Ephesians two eight and nine, right? Yes. For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. Not of works. Yeah. And yeah. it's the gift of God. It's not not nothing about personal savior in there mm-hmm. like, you know, he can be your personal savior but not mine. Well no. He he saves he, in terms of his death on the cross, that's for everybody. But in terms of those who are saved, that's a matter of believing in him. That's not a matter of uh, some sort of feeling or some sort of, okay, I believe he's my personal savior, but lacking believing in him for what he promises. If We need to believe in him for what he promises, which is the gift of everlasting life. So I think it's time that we retire this idea of believing in Jesus as your personal Savior or believing in Jesus as your Savior. And I've even heard some people who call themselves free grace who use this same language. And I think that's what David's alluding to when he talks about there are even some doctrinal teachers. sounds like it. Yes, he's
2: probably heard
1: that. Yeah, and to me, it's well-intentioned. I get that part of it. But the fact that it's well-intentioned doesn't mean that it's Right. One of the things I like to stress is that both in terms of evangelism and discipleship, we, sh- we should allow the Word of God to do its work, right? Absolutely, yes. And so if what we're teaching is our thoughts, our phraseology, our words, that's not what we should be doing.
2: No matter how well-intentioned we may be, we're clouding up the issue rather than clarifying it.
1: Yeah, so so shouldn't we be quoting scripture when we evangelize people?
2: I think so. I think a good technique is to have them turn to the passage
1: and read it. Do you do that? Yes, I do. I say read it to me and what does that say? And typically do you take them to a passage like John six thirty seven or John yes. three sixteen uh-huh. or
2: What does that mean? Well whoever believes in him will never perish. Do you believe in him? Yes. What does that mean? It means I have eternal life, and I will never perish. <laughs> so then they say, yeah, but it can't be
1: that simple. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and what do you say? <laughs> I say, yes, it is. God wants it to be so simple that anyone can do it.
1: Right. So with that method of evangelism, it really takes a lot of pressure off of the evangelist, doesn't it? Yes. It's not our job to bring them to
2: faith. Our job is to introduce them to the Word of God and have them meet Christ. I remember I heard a man give his testimony once. He was a a mailman, and he would stop at Dallas Theological Seminary and sit on on one of their benches and have his lunch. Wow. And one day Louis Berry Schaefer came out and asked if he could join him, said, My name's Louis. How are you doing? And they chatted, and uh, then Dr. Schaefer said, "Uh, Would you like to meet a friend of mine? And he said, yes. And Louis <laughs> Barry Schaefer pulled out his New Testament and introduced him to Jesus.
1: Really? Yes. And he, he pulled out his New Testament? Uh-huh. Okay, I've got a, I've got a funny story for you. Well, it's not so funny. But uh, after I graduated with my master's and then my doctorate, I taught for one semester at a school, a Bible college that folded. And then I was being interviewed at another Bible college. And this was a Bible college that believed in taking your students out to teach them how to evangelize, which I was all for. So I got there, and I taught like seven classes, and they all went well. Mm -hmm. And then I'm meeting with the faculty committee, and the first question was, are you willing to use our evangelistic booklet to teach students how to evangelize? Uh And I said, no, no, I like to use the Bible. Uh, but i'm happy i would love to teach him how to evangelize all you the bible they said that's a showstopper you got to use our booklet
2: wow and
1: i was shocked <laughs> and just yesterday i was talking to a friend of mine named uh, jeff and his son is a college student and he's putting up flyers do you have everlasting life on campus well wow. and he he meets with students that uh, he he that he finds on campus and sometimes he'll wait outside of meetings of the various campus Christian organizations and he'll talk to them and he said yes. so far he's only found four students who when he asked them are you sure you have everlasting life and you'll never perish only four wow. that say yes and he got called in by one of these ministries and was told you need to use our booklet and, huh. and he was like no I like to use the Bible yeah and and you know what the head of the ministry said what did he say you're not teachable oh Isn't isn't that sad?
2: If you don't use our literature, you're not teachable.
1: Yeah. So my suggestion is use the Bible, and you're not likely to be rebuked at the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. Use your own booklet, and it depends on how biblical your booklet is. Use your own phraseology, and it depends on how accurate that is. Well, thanks so much, uh, David, for your question and Leon. And remember, let's all keep grace in focus. Focus.
0: Are you interested in finding other free grace believers just like yourself in your area? Well, you can do that by going to our website, faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org on our website we have a church tracker it's an easy to use map that will help you locate those other free grace churches that might be in your area so come visit us at the website and take advantage of our free church tracker it's at faithalone.org that's faithalone.org there are a lot of costs involved in staying on the air that's why we so much appreciate our financial partners If you'd like to learn how to become one, you can find out more by going to faithalone.org. We would love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a question, comment, or some feedback. If you do, please don't hesitate to send us a message. Here's our email address it's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode, Bob and Leon will answer another question about the content of faith for eternal salvation. Join us here, and until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.